Hey, and welcome to another episode of What is Past is Prologue. I'm the past. And I'm the prologue. And it's uh, good to have you home again. Yeah, I've actually been home for a little while now, uh, all you viewers out there. I've been home closer to a month now than not, because my college gets out in April, because we have a whole separate May term. But we just haven't done a podcast since I've been home. Yes, uh, so the last one we did, we actually did our first remote podcast. Yeah, we did, um, and actually that didn't go too bad. There was a little lag um, from hearing on my end, but other than that, I don't think we messed up too terribly. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the gear that you're set up with. So yeah, I look real awkward using it because it's always in like this little. I look, it's like, oh, you have a professional setup. They're like, no, not really. I'm sitting at my desk. Sometimes I have food next to me. I mean. Yeah, it, it doesn't look professional at all. It's but a little it, more professional at home. Uh, yeah, just a little bit more professional at home. <laughs> at least we have like a like a specified desk. Yeah, <laughs> I was sitting on the couch using it the other day. With boom mics and all that. So. Yeah, gotta love a field mic, man. Um, so uh, we had something interesting happen. Uh, your uncle Rich just called me and woke me up out of a sound sleep, but that's okay. Um, he. Grew up, obviously, in the Chicago area. Yes. And uh, that's unfortunate because he's stuck listening, you know, loving, like, the the Bears and the Blackhawks and that sort of thing. But uh, without judging him for that, um, he also grew up watching in, in the 70s. I guess he wasn't so small in the 70s, but um, he um, – there were all these little local – like horror channels or not channels, but like uh, programs that would be on local channels. And if anybody out there that knows the name El- Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, that was like LA's local horror show. And there was one in uh, Cleveland called uh, Goulardi. And then Chicago's was Sven Gulli. And Rich always watches this. And it's every Saturday night on MeTV. And he called me because um, one of our mutual friends, Ken Holtzhauser, was mentioned on the show this evening. Uh, he had sent in some artwork of um, the original cast of Star Trek, uh, also Doctor Who and Sven Gulli. And I, they featured his artwork on the on the show tonight. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, Ken's a good artist. He deserves it. So, proud yeah. of him. And uh, and he's doing his own comic now. Yeah, I know. We the, saw some at one of our more little local comic joints around here. He was actually submitting, and they're like, hey, if you if any local people want to buy this, I'll give it to you to sell. And, and that, uh, that book's called The, the Quick and the Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually pretty good. So, um, anyway... Um, if uh, I don't know how many people out there are Svengoolie fans, but essentially what happens is he comes on and he'll show an older movie usually. Um, I think it was uh, King Kong something, one of the King Kong say, movies pick, tonight. Pick one. And there's Godzilla movies, Frankenstein, all the, you know, all the classics like that. Uh, but almost always an older movie. And, and then it's kind of interspersed with some dry comedy but uh anyway rich loves it and um ken got mentioned so that's pretty cool i'd never heard of this before tonight but that's because i'm small so yeah so and the only reason so i knew like elvira because i guess you know she had a movie and i was gonna say the name was familiar i couldn't have told you it was based off this like local horror thing though yeah so i guess that was big back in the 70s and the the current 
uh, holder of the Svengoolie title, I think, uh, is Rich Cause. Um, and I think the original guy was uh, Jerry Bishop. But um, anyway, um, it's been on MTV, or not MTV, MeTV since um, uh, 2011. Yeah, that sounds so right. It's, yeah. Been, yeah. it's been a while. Anyway, so uh, grats to Ken for getting some national exposure to his art. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how many people watch Sven Gulli, but I guess the people that do know now. <laughs> uh, Rich was sad because he missed it. He was at, he, he had the program on, but he was playing Wingspan. Oh, okay. And then uh, he heard Ken's name. He's like, what? And he had to back it up. And <laughs> nice. So. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's a whole thing. Uh, well, I'll admit, not much, aside from that and what we're about to talk about today, not much has happened with me since I've been home, I'll be real with you, but, Dad, you have to tell the story of how you broke your tractor the other day. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so, um, I have a little Kubota, uh, BX series, and I, <laughs> I usually, last winter, I didn't put the snowblower on it. I just left the mowing deck on because I'm like, we're not going to get any snow this year. We didn't hardly have any last year. We got exactly one snow worth getting out and playing in. And during that snow, I got out and I actually switched my mowing deck out in, you know, a foot deep snow. But, uh, and then, so when it came time to mow this spring, I, as I was switching it back over, I hadn't pulled the PTO extension off of the tractor and I said, Oh, you know what? I'm going to blow off the mowing deck. And I got that done and forgot about the extension. And then when I start, when I lined the tractor up, um, I actually <laughs> planted the extension in the yard and rolled up over it and bent it like a pretzel. But, uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> and that tractor's like sturdy too. So the fact, oh that yeah, it's an, it's a full yeah. on tractor. Yeah, no, so. it's a full tractor. So when he says he bent it like a pretzel, he means he had the full weight of a tractor yeah. bending this beam like a pretzel. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's probably going to cost me about 800 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember <laughs> I when we were all, so. I, I, I remember thinking when you got that one that you had to shove the mowing deck, you had to shove under that tractor. I'm like, you didn't get one that would go behind it. And like, yeah. I understand the reasoning behind it. Our yard's not that big, but also like shit like this. Happens. So the, the whole idea behind that was a uh, investment so that when I eventually move to snow filled climbs that, uh, I'll have a tool that can handle it well so. hopefully it'll still work after all this <laughs> oh it's, it still does the uh, the mid pto runs the the deck too and it's still working it's just the extension was bent so god yeah anyway but yeah but um so like you said you're back home from school what have you been doing yeah I, like i said i haven't done much just and that uh, dad's tractor was kind of the biggest news we had but <laughs> even bigger than that Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out. Uh, what yes. was it? A week and a half ago, maybe? Maybe not um, even. Yeah, about a week ago, right? Yeah, as I say, it's what the twenty second today. I think uh, it is the twenty second. Uh, yeah, so I think like a week and a day ago, maybe because I think it was like what was it at the fourteenth? Fifteenth, uh, maybe fourteenth, fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, either way, one of those days. Yeah. It's been at least a week. So uh, I've been hardcore binging that, like. I mean, every day, basically. I think I skipped maybe one day I've been playing. I actually took two days off. 
yeah from work so i could stay home and play yeah that's fair <laughs> that's, um, that's fair although usually when new bioware games come out i'm full on taking a week off and yeah but we've we, played these before so we're like okay fine yeah that's yeah we've played we i if you guys if you guys listen to our other mass effect episode you know like we're not only are we huge fans but we've played the trilogy an inordinate number of times yep. it's kind of ridiculous i've i've played mass effect 2 the most because i played two on repeat before three came out so i've played two for well after this it'll be 15 times i think or 16 yeah i've, I've played at least that many times exactly i haven't three is the only one i think i'm below double digits in because i finished one a ton too yeah, I, I would agree to that. I I probably haven't hit ten times with Mass Effect three yet. Yeah, but I, I I bet I'm at about four or five with three. That sounds about right. I'm probably six or seven. Yeah, I'll but. say four because uh, I actually had to transfer. I used to play. We used to all play Mass Effect on the same Xbox, so we had to wait turns. Yeah, and now I play on my own Xbox, so all the save files on that old Xbox I don't have anymore. And now I've got all my new ones on my new Xbox. See, I actually pre-ordered two copies of. Uh, legendary. Oh yeah, because the, I knew the, that we, we, were we gonna, weren't we weren't going to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I would have just gone out and bought it myself. Um. Okay. So um, let's talk about the legendary edition and what we kind of think of it. Yeah. Um. We'll try not to retread too much of what we said in the last episode because we talked we talked a lot about uh, the Mass Effect trilogy and I guess I should we should start this episode by saying. So far in this Legendary Edition, we have only finished the first game, but we thought it was okay to talk about it because the first game was where I feel like the upgrades that they were making were most geared towards yeah. because the graphics and the combat system and everything in one were far different than the ones in two and three. Yes, much, much different. Yeah. So um, so let's talk about where we are now in the game. It's funny how we got there. Yeah, it's very funny how we got there. So um, we are both... We're in the exact same spot right now. Yes, we are. Uh, we are in Mass Effect 2 now, right after the first mission. Yes. Like, right after. Based, like, we got the mission, saved, stopped. We're on our ship waiting to do the next thing. That's right. That's where we're at. And we're both in the exact same exact spot. Exact same spot. Uh, and so, Dad started the first game before I did. Maybe You had maybe like a five, six hour head start. Oh, at least, yeah. At least. And then I started the game... And then I had a couple of nights where I played for like eight hours in a row and I got all the side missions done. And then last night I finished Vermeer and Ilos and I got done with it before you did. I think my run took, I thought it was going to take more than 30 hours because um, even though I've played it before, I was like, oh, with all the new graphics and everything and all the DLCs there, I I was like, 30 hours at least. Because I can't, usually can't speed run one as fast as I can speed run two. And I wanted to take a little more time. But it was probably about a 25-hour run, 26-hour run for me. Yeah. I would. I probably put at least that many in. I honestly didn't like take a look at my hour count yeah. at the end. But. I bet yours was higher than mine. Because you hit a couple of the assignments I think I missed. And uh, you always max out your weapons a little more than I do. Like, you go to that effort when I... Like, I'll do it for a couple of my squad mates, but, like, you've got, like, 10 armors. Like, your armor's at, like, level 10 and everything. And I'm like, I maybe got to 8. Yeah. So, so. I, I enjoy doing that stuff. Yeah. But, so, um, you probably spent closer to 30 than I did. All right. So, let's talk about who we played, how we played. Yeah. Um, so, you, you basically, I started off uh, ahead of you. Then you overtook me. Yeah. And, and then now we're, I caught back up and we're exactly Yeah, in the we're same exactly spot. in the same spot right now. So um so in Mass Effect one, 
Um, so what'd you play? Gender, class, all that. Okay. Uh, so I always, my first playthrough, I always play female because the female voice acting is better. It is. It's superior. It's, and we love Mark Meir in this house. Like, let's be clear. He's a, he's a good voice actor, but Jennifer Hale is just crushing it. Yes. Um, so I play as a female and I play as a Vanguard. And for those of you who don't remember, Vanguard is the biotic combat combo of class. So I do biotics and also I shoot people basically. And uh, I always play Paragon my first go-around. I actually very rarely play hardcore renegade people. I do like throwing in Paragon people who will occasionally make a renegade decision and shock everyone. That's always fun. <laughs> but I, I do play Paragon. Uh, oh. What's yours? So I also first play through and playing Femchep. And again, for the same reason, better better voice acting experience. Yeah. Um, and uh, my class is always infiltrator. Yeah. I have very rarely played anything but an infiltrator. And as far as Paragon Renegade, I actually, I actually uh, picked a class where I could um, easily be Renegade, but um, I ended up with my meters filled to seventy five percent on both. <laughs> So. Which is impressive because I I tried to do that my very first my first first playthrough Mass Effect like way back when I tried to do that I tried to do both I was like I can be cool like a nice person and a badass and that just it it, it didn't work out that way I never had enough Paragon to do anything and it was real sad. Well, the the bad part about it was that I never got my last two points of charm or intimidate. Yeah, uh, I had I had points saved for them in case they ever opened up, but I never, uh, I never got enough Paragon or Renegade to open them. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, um, okay, so you you mentioned um, how I like to max out weapons and stuff. So, what ended up being your best? Uh, well, as a Vanguard, I. Don't, I am kind of the opposite of you. I don't use sniper rifles that often. I would use assault rifles. I actually, uh, when I get to Mass Effect 2, when you're offered the chance to like become proficient in like assault rifles or sniper rifles, I usually get an assault rifle because I like being a vanguard with a big gun that if I'm a little farther away, I can use. But I use pistols most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, pistols and shotguns, because I get up close and kill people. Uh, so my I got the Spectre pistol, I think I think I got eight. Spectre Pistol Eight was my last one, and uh, I this actually I believe this is probably an unpopular choice for like ammunition choice, but I used the chemical rounds and polonium rounds almost exclusively from the beginning of the game when I can make them turn green and I make yeah because because yeah they it just disintegrates them in a giant green and I like doing that like that's just fun it's like I, as soon as someone starts to turn green I can immediately turn to another enemy it's like okay they're dead like I don't even have to wait to see if they fall to the floor like they're gonna disintegrate it's fine <laughs> and then uh, scram rails I put two scram rails which is just extra damage but less heat but like your heat absorption is way terrible yeah so I just throw two of those on there with some chemical rounds and turn people green and kill them that's pretty cool yeah um so i had the specter 10 gear yeah um across the board all of them and um, but i almost exclusively used my sniper rifle yeah um a little bit of my assault rifle uh, a couple of times i used the pistol never once fired the shotgun and i tried uh, using the shotgun a little bit this time around because vanguards do use shotguns but the problem with that is in the first game, if you're Vanguard, you don't have your biotic charge. So I never was, like, very rarely was I close enough to warrant using the shotgun. Like, yeah. I was still closer range than, obviously, you would be. 
but like shotgun still didn't do near enough damage from the distance i'd like to keep myself I was, at mostly i use a sniper rifle even if i was at point blank yeah. so <laughs> I, I did notice that um, um, that's the whole thing and then i had i don't even remember which armor i had you had the colossus 10 colossus I 10 or yeah. nine or whatever uh, black and uh, red Bla- black and red and um it's light armor yeah. i even even though i could use um heavier armors i almost always yeah i i never have done anything about medium armor i've never had a character that was a shepherd wear heavy armor i i thought about this i actually answered you wrong earlier when you asked me about this i actually got to the mantis nine mantis nine was my armor it was also light armor uh and because i'm a biotic lightweight uh i always have damage protection installed on there because uh, if my barrier's not on they tear through my shields like nobody's business and yeah, I, I ended I, up I with easy. like the shield 10 modulator and then uh like the the one that gave protection against biotics yeah um, i probably should have done that because no the rack nigh on novaria they they don't care about your shields they just yeah. their chemicals will get your health so well and the and then benezia yeah, you know, oh, yeah, I killed Benezi. I killed Benezi easy. She was not difficult for me at all. Yeah, well, so uh, we'll get into that in a second. Oh, I just so my next playthrough, by the way, after I get through all three games, yeah, I am going through as male shepherd. I am too. And yeah. um, but uh, I and, and when I, it'll, I'm sure it'll be infiltrator again. I've made a command decision. Okay. When I play through the second game. The only pistol I'm going to carry is the Stinger Two that you find on. Um, oh, when you uh, play through the first game yeah, again, not the okay. When you play through the first first game, game the second time, yeah, I see. I was like, you don't time. get the Stinger in game two. No, the Stinger Two that you get that you pick up on the first. That's world, a good pistol. It's a good pistol. It's not nearly as good as. Um, you know your Spectre gear. No, or anything but like that. but I, I'm going to use it for the entire. I game. used it all the way through Pharaohs. <laughs> Like, I had better pistol options, but the Stinger's got a really good, like, it doesn't overheat super quickly. So you can throw, basically, especially whatever, like, damage mods you want on it, and it doesn't really affect it too terribly. And I, like, it, yeah, I used it through that whole mission, because it had a good fire rate and good accuracy, and I'm like, oh, uh, I know this one's better, technically, but I'll use this one for a while. Oh, and speaking of mods, my sniper rifle had the... Uh, explosive rounds 10 yeah and two frictionless material nines on it so that um because the explosive rounds create so much heat yeah and that's the only reason i don't use them because as a pistol person i have to be able to fire off because they're so cool i love using them i almost threw them on my shotgun but then i didn't end up using the shotgun enough to warrant it so so best shot i took uh collapsed a geth barrier and killed two geth behind the barrier one shot yeah um, I think my, it actually wasn't a shot I took with a gun. It was a shot I took with the Mako. I, I don't remember if I was on Vermeer or Novaria. Uh, I'm it's, I know I just played them all yesterday, so it's kind of in a blur. Uh, but, uh, I was in the Mako and I was tooling around and there was a bunch of geth behind this one barrier. I shot the cannon. I, I took out no fewer than five geth. <laughs> they were all back there and I it just went boom and destroyed them all. It was so great. It's always so satisfying when you hit more than one enemy with that big cannon. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, major plot decisions that we both made this playthrough. Yeah, I think we actually made fairly similar ones. I mean, obviously we've played enough now. Like we have, and you heard last time, we kind of have similar opinions on certain (laughs) things. So a lot of the decisions we made were probably fairly samey, but we definitely had a couple differences, I'm sure. All right, so um, always the big one. 
Who died? Who who we leave on Vermeer? Uh, I killed Ashley because Caden's better in three than she is. So I actually killed Ashley this time too, uh, even though we gave Caden a lot of crap in our last Mass Effect. Yeah, like like I, I we were we were talking about this right before we started recording. Like we we kind of gave Caden a little bit of shit in one, but I actually talked to him a little more this time around when I played through, and I was like, you know what, his writing's still really good. And Ashley's is just better, so we kind of gave him an unfair amount of crap. Caden's still a good character in one, and we're just biased. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the the reason that I ended up keeping Caden alive this playthrough is wasn't really his Mass Effect one value. It was his value in three. In, in three, three yeah. as, as far as a uh, character goes. Yeah, I like so, him far better in three than Ashley. Yeah, Sorry, Ashley. I agree with that. So, um, and then, um, let's see. Um, who'd we romance? Okay. Or did we? So, I played it a little differently this time than I usually do. So, I'm romancing Garrus this playthrough because Garrus. Uh, yeah, Garrus is the best romance. No one can convince me otherwise. Um, we lovely are, we love Tally, but Garrus is the best. But I strung Caden along quite a bit. I, I, not like the, like, I didn't talk to him after every big mission, but I strung him along just enough that he came to my room right before Ilos and we were going to bang and I told him not now. Uh, <laughs> so tease yeah so rest in peace I've, I've never done that before like teased a romance with another character when i knew i was gonna go for like garris or tally or somebody but i did it this time i was like you know what we're gonna have some fun with this so um almost every time that i play female shepherd i do the liara romance because i do think it's the best fleshed out throughout the game yeah that's pro- as much as i love garris i will agree liara's is more fleshed out. She is probably if they if Bioware had to pick a quote unquote canon, canon romance, yeah. it would be Liara. I think so too, and it's because she was available from game one. Yeah, all the way through, and played and featured heavily even in Mass Effect Two, where the others really didn't yeah. as much. And the reason she did was because of Lair of the Shadow. Yeah, Broker. I was gonna say before that DLC came out, she was kind of thrown to the side too. But yeah. you know, but uh, anyway, that's why I ended up uh, doing Liara, and when I play through as male shepherd my next go through um i will probably i'm sure i will romance talent i actually haven't decided who i'm going to romance as male shepherd yet because i switch it up every time i've done Liar, i've done tally i've done miranda i don't know if i've done ashley actually because i know ashley i've done i've seen your your characters romance ashley before but i don't know if i've ever actually done it myself so i'll figure it out um let's see i'm trying to think if um okay so Let's talk. Let's talk about um, another major decision. How about uh, Rex? Did uh, did he live? Did he die? Uh, so uh, yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, you uh, one of your main squad members for sure, Ashley or Caden, will die on Vermeer. But mm-hmm. you could potentially lose a second character in, or not Rex, your Krogan squad mate. Yep. And that is because uh, Saren, the Turian specter year after, has started up a breeding facility to breed an army of Krogan with a supposed quote-unquote cure for the genophage, which is this uh, genetic mutation that the Salarians forced upon them that it makes basically all of them infertile. 
and so they can't breed pro- like they're a slowly dying breed. They live for a long time, but they can't breed properly anymore, and they can't repopulate the way they used to. And because they're so aggressive, they take up dangerous jobs like yeah. mercenaries, and they and, often die yeah. earlier than their lifespan would normally allow. So it's like one in a thousand yeah, births are are only viable. Yeah. So children and females are highly fought over, basically. And Saren was working on a cure so he could breed an army. Yeah, he didn't care about curing the genophage for their right. sake. He just wanted the army and if he cured the genophage he would have not necessarily their respect but their loyalty for certain right uh, and rex uh throughout this first game he kind of struck like he's like he he's like as for the croak and i gave up on them long ago but you can tell he really cares about helping his people he just doesn't think at this point in time that they can be saved but when he hears about this cure for the genophage that we're about to destroy because it's Saren's base of operations and we can't leave this monstrosity alive, he gets all upset about it and he threatens to shoot Shepard or to get hit or to, you know, kill all these people we're with to make sure the cure is saved. So you have to do something about it. And if you play it wrong, Rex can die. Yep. You can have Rex killed. So, did we save Rex? Yes. How did you save him? Paragon or Renegade? Oh, Paragon. Um, because I I didn't have near enough. First off, I didn't have near enough Renegade. Actually, you know what, though? I don't know if this is true or not, but I think if you have enough charm or intimidate points, you can technically do either of them, but I didn't risk it. I had both options lit. Yeah. Um, I did, too, because like, I, I didn't even have them in blue and red. Like, they were both white because... Uh, <laughs> Rex likes me, bro. I did all his missions. I've talked yeah. to I talked to him every time. I'm like Par- Paragon for life. Like we're friends. And I uh, did the Paragon option, and he and I was like, "Is this really what you want for your people?" He's like, "No, uh, we were already slaves for the Turians and Salarians once. I doubt Saren will be this generous." And yeah, that's he calmed down. He always says the same thing, no matter which way you go with it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I had both options lit. I had done his mission to to recover his family armor, and I had talked to him every yeah. time. And so, uh, but I did the renegade option because I was still trying to build up my renegade. Enough. Yeah, yeah. And, and he still listened to you. Yep, and it was everything's fine. And that's the thing with the Krogan; they're uh, they respect you know direct, blunt, yeah, aggressive. Which is why Rex and Paragon Shepherd make such an interesting dichotomy <laughs> because they're all like, "Oh, what if we resolve this peacefully?" And Rex is about to shoot you in the face. Garrus is kind of the same way throughout the series, and I like that a lot. Paragon Shepard and uh, Renegade Garrus throughout the rest of, especially in two and three, is a lot of fun. Yeah, I like uh, I like getting um, Garrus kind of off of his leash and letting him kind of do what he wants to. Yeah. Especially in two. Yeah, two is just two. Is, two is where Garrus really shines. He yeah. does he does good in all of them, but two is where Garrus comes to play. All right, um, another big decision. Uh, did you save the council? Yes, um, I actually thought about not doing that this time, but I was like, I've been so paragon this whole game because I, I, di- I didn't, I wasn't going to be like let the council die, but I was be like, you know, concentrate on the big ship. Is it adult or like he's kind of a bitch? But I didn't because uh, that because if you do pick the concentrate on sovereign option, which is the quote unquote neutral option, the council still dies. Yep. So you have to actually act and be like, I have to save the council. So I did, even though it's like, uh, they're bitches. No one likes the original council. But, no. And uh, so the only reason I saved the council, because you have to go back to your very, very first playthrough of Mass Effect. 
did you save the council back then? And my answer is no. I, I specifically said do not save the council because yeah. it was a matter of sending the fleet in, the human fleet in, yes. to take a lot of damage to rescue the Destiny Ascension um, and save the council or yeah. holding them back, taking fewer losses when you fought Sovereign. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I hate the council. Second of all, I don't want the human fleet to be put in any additional danger. Hell no, I'm not saving the council. Yeah. Having played through all the games now, though, it is actually better, better in Mass in the, Effect in 3, Mass 3 to save the original the council. council. Yes. The original council. Because you, you do get another council. Because, uh, you know, there's not right. going to be no galactic economy because of the council. But... um they, they, it just won't be like you won't have the Destiny Ascension at your beck and call. You won't yep. have their fleets if you like. And then it is also there's a strange kind of sadistic pleasure you get when they realize how wrong they were, <laughs> like just a little bit, especially the Turian counselor, but the rest of them too. Yeah. Sorry, so, counselor Sporadus. I don't mean. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. Um, I don't. I don't mean to give you too much shit, but I do. Yeah. I, I don't like any of them. No, nah, none of them are great. But and how many times did you hang up on them? Oh, not not this time around. I didn't hang up on it. I I need that's what Male Shepherd plays. Who's going to be for? He's going to uh, disconnect at least twice and yeah, piss him I, off. I disconnected every time. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I also saved the council, but not because um, of any no. desire. I wanted the the benefits. Yeah. Of Mass so Effect 3. let's be clear. If if your first playthrough of Mass Effect is going to be with the Legendary Edition, do whatever the hell you want. We are extremely biased. We've played this game far too many times to not know all the shortcuts <laughs> for everything to go out to, to go great. That's just, that's our own fault for being such avid fans of the series. We're like, well, if we do this, this will go wrong it, like two and a half hours down the road, and we're just like, okay. And really, I sh what I should have done is just made up my mind this guy was going to be, or this playthrough I was going to just play Renegade. Yeah, and and not done it because then when you want everything to go almost perfect in in Mass Effect three because if you're going to try and save the Quarians, yes, um, the Quarians and the Geth, yeah, and because you can save the Quarians if you want to, whether yeah. or not you make if you're the trying games. to do both though, yeah, if you're trying, yeah, the Geth decision in Mass Effect three. Wait, we're not talking about three in this game. We can't no, talk no, about yeah, that yeah, too much anyway. But that's why that was the reason why I saved the Council is just mm. to make it better for three. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, when we went to Pharos and did the Thorian mission, yes. Um, how many of the colonists did you save? I saved all of them. I've done. I've actually, except for Fidan, which you can't. Yeah, save. You, you can't say Fidan. Rest in peace, Fidan. You're cool. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, I, what I really like about this mission that, especially in some of the more assignment missions where you're assigned to save people, it's not always possible. Your squad mates will not shoot the colonists. If you tell them not to. Yep. So you have, as long as you don't waste your grenades, you have basically as many tries as you need to get I, the colonists safe. I thought I was going to have, so I also saved all the colonists yeah. just, just go around. I don't think I had ever done that before because I always ran out of grenades. Yeah. But what I found out in this playthrough, I thought, you know what? I'm going to try and butt stroke one of these guys. So I went up with my sniper rifle and yeah. just smacked them with it. Yeah. Knocked him out, didn't kill him. Nice. So, okay. So now well, you, that, now we know. Yeah, you yeah. can melee those guys and not and okay. not kill them. So That's I still funny. ran out of grenades. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go up and, and knock him in the face with the rifle. If it yeah. kills him, it kills him. But and if it, but then I killed him or, or I, I smacked him. He fell down and my counter didn't fall any. I'm like, yes. Oh, that's so good. I, yeah. 
excuse my burp, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've actually gotten, to, I have saved all the colonists a fair amount of times by now because I'm so hardcore. I'm like, I'm going to save all of them. So I've actually figured out like the best places to throw the grenades to hit all of them as best I can, or as many of them as I can in one go. Cause sometimes you can't hit all of them. They're too far apart. Yeah. But because uh, usually I think by Pharaohs I have at least six or seven grenades at my disposal I before, six. before I have to reload because there is a grenade box before you hit the final wave of colonists that you can find. Yep, which is good because otherwise you just don't have enough. But um, yeah, I've gotten to the point. I think this is the fourth time I've saved all the colonists by not killing any of them by accident or because I ran out of grenades. I think the best I'd done prior was I lost one. Yeah. I, I've lost one or two before. That's, uh, I think that I lost the most in my first playthrough for sure. Uh, because I, because aside from the Pharaoh's mission, I hardly ever eat a grenade at anyone. I was like, how do you use this? <laughs> and they changed up the grenade function in this yeah, game they too. Changed, they changed up some buttons. Yeah. So. I didn't like that, but uh, I figured it out and it went fine. But yeah, now I saved them all this time around. Uh, how about the Rachni Queen? Uh, did you spare the Rachni Queen or did you kill her? Yeah, so on Novaria, you can choose to destroy an entire race that you thought was extinct or you can save them. The Rachni, they're bug creatures. They spit at you. It's gross. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, I, I, I have never, ne- even when I play Renegade, I have never not saved the Rachni Queen. Ever. I have not saved the Rachni Queen, but I did this playthrough. Yeah, I like, I've killed... More colonists, I've not saved the council, but every single playthrough I saved the Rachni Queen, no matter what. Because, uh, and that was even before I knew in 3 that having the original Rachni Queen on your side was a good thing. But uh, So my first playthrough, I killed the Rachni Queen, my first ever playthrough. And yeah. the reason I killed her is because, you know, all the stories, you know, it's like yeah. they were trying to take over the galaxy and this was a scourge that, yeah. you know, it took a huge long war to get rid of. And I'm like, eh, yeah, I can't let that happen again. Yeah. But, um, I was worried my first playthrough that, um, not killing the Rachni queen was going to have drastic and it kind of did, but then you realize in three, it doesn't matter. They get Rachni anyway. So it's like, it's either a clone or the queen you saved. And it's like, if it's the queen you saved, she likes you. Yes, so, she does. <laughs> Um, that, that's just, but no, I, I've always saved, I think I probably will always just not even just because it's like, I don't know. I don't No uh, genocide. For no, you. no genocide for me. I'll kill the council <laughs> all you want, but I'm not going to commit genocide. I'm not there. Um, so, and probably the last big decision, uh, who'd you install as the human counselor? Anderson. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it does literally, it, it, it doesn't, I'll admit it doesn't really matter. Dean is a prick. It, I mean, yeah. I, He's a political prick. Yeah, I mean, but we all knew—they're all political pricks. It, and <laughs> but Anderson's not. He's a career military man. Yeah, it's shame he doesn't, you know, stay on the council. Yeah, forever, but. but that's all right. We did what we could, right? Yeah, we tried. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the differences from the original Mass Effect One to the Legendary Edition. Yeah, and so let's start with uh, graphics. Yeah, so the graphics are immediately immediately the most obvious change and and it should be noted we are playing on uh, not the newest xbox edition no we still have the original xbox ones mine's actually probably older than yours it is but um and we're not playing on 4k television not 4k uh yeah no <laughs> uh, my, actually my tv upstairs might technically be a little nicer than the one we have downstairs not by much but a little bit yeah but it's still only 1080p yeah it's still only 1080p uh and i'm also sitting about as far away as you and my tv smaller so um 
So yeah, we we are not we do not get unfortunately the full graphics experience that you could get with this. So keep that in mind. We do not have 4K or 8K televisions. And we're still saying that the graphics are a huge improvement. They are you see it from not even just like when you're doing like your dossier filling out all your stuff for Shepard. The minute you see Joker's face in the cockpit, holy cow. The lighting on his face alone is fantastic. Oh my god, the shadow works phenomenal. I don't know how what how they did all this in a way shorter period of time than I was anticipating, unless they've been working on this way longer. Like, I was impressed. Yeah. Immediately impressed. The yeah. graphics were a serious upgrade. Um, yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll uh, do that again. Liara was one of the ones I always thought looked way more washed out, and one she looks way better now. Yep. Yeah, like when she was, she'd be back in her little room in Chalkwell's office. She always would get super washed out. No, she looks way better. Um, and you even notice like small things, especially. And again, we're only talking about Mass Effect One really here. I'll talk about two in a minute. But mm-hmm. um, Mass Effect One was where the graphics really needed the update. And uh, even the small things like on your squad screen, you've got you had like it shows like the strengths of your squad, like whether they're proficient biotic in tech, biotic, whatever. Combat. Yeah. They even changed some of the colors on the screen to reflect better reflect because uh for example in like the original version if you play it like biotics is like this blue like line showing the tech is purple and they switch it because biotics are in every other game that's not one are purple <laughs> and tech is more like the now, shields now which they match. Is, yeah now they match just little stuff like that like you notice little touches like that throughout the game the heads up display was uh was more in line with the second and yes, third game. Yes, more in line. Not a huge difference, that part at least, but it, enough A to, little different. A little, a different enough to be noticeable. And, and, and I will even say, uh, so as far as um, other changes that weren't really combat related that I noticed, the load times. Load oh, times. Oh my, it was so nice. Yes, oh my god, yes. So much better load times. And I, one thing I did, for those of you who might have a little more trouble, like, like seeing things, the text is a little smaller than it used to be. Not subtitles, just, but, like, text on screen. Uh, in 2, especially, I'm noticing, actually, the text is smaller. Oh, yeah, like, at end of missions? Yeah, where, end of, yeah. like, I can't, like, I, like, I, I don't have sight problems, and I was kind of having difficulties. Yeah, I, so I thought maybe it was just my eyes no, going no, bad. No, nope, nope, it yeah, was. I, I noticed the same thing, I just Which didn't. is weird, because the first Mass Effect... Actually, in some places, it actually made the text easier to read. And, and in some places, in two, it kind of did, too. Like, if you had, like, the opening, it's like, here's our opening, like, dramatic crawl across the screen of everything that's happening. Like, you can still read that fine, but there are a couple times where I'm just like, how can I read this? Where is, where is it? But, yeah, so I think in two, it's going to be a bit more of an issue than it was in one. Hmm. Okay, so... Um... But so like the elevator scenes yeah. that always, everybody always made fun of, even the developers made fun of yeah, it. Yeah, they're like, know? okay. <laughs> and uh, you, this time, if you wanted to hear the conversations or the or the radio announcements, yeah. um, you could, but you also already had a button to allow you to skip because yeah. most of the time it was already loaded. Yeah, load time was way better, uh, which is good. Yeah. But uh, I actually had a few... Um, I don't know if this was part of the load times also, because I think that's the only thing it could possibly be. I had, you didn't, you didn't have this problem, 
but I had it quite a few times. Uh, I had some issues with the Mako when we were doing like Mako missions, like mostly on assignments. The bigger missions mostly went kind of okay, but I would get like first off, if I was in the Mako, sometimes it would like look like it was about to go up over something, even if it was flat. Like it would like, and then it would get stuck, and I would not be able to move. Like, I couldn't go anywhere. Like, or I, if I got, and if I got out of the Mako when it was stuck like that, the Mako would vanish. Like, oh, it, wow. would, it would disappear completely. And then I couldn't walk anywhere. Yeah, I didn't have that happen. So I got, and um, then sometimes the, I would be fine. Like, I like stopped the Mako somewhere to get out and check something. I would get out of the Mako, everything would look fine. I would try and click on something, like open a crate, open a door. And I couldn't. It would not let me. Couldn't, like, it was almost like the button had stopped working. And then I would turn around, it's like, okay, maybe I just need to get back in the Mako. And it, but then it wouldn't let me get back in the Mako either. Uh-huh. Like, the option to get, like, it would say, like, get in the truck, but, like, the little A button wasn't even there. Like, it uh-huh. was, so I had to get to the point where if I was on a mission and I had something big happen, I had to save constantly. So I would have a recent save point to go back to. Uh-huh. So I would not have to restart missions. That happened a lot. Oh, that stinks. I, no fewer than five planets, not including ma- major missions. Vermeyer happened at least three times. So um, when I was after, when I was headed to Peak 15, going after Benezia, yeah. um, I did have it glitch on me, but it, what happened was it froze. And so I was like, oh, and I was just yeah. randomly hitting buttons. Well, what I didn't realize was that it wasn't done. It was just thinking. Yeah. So then when it came back, I was almost... <laughs> I had almost gone off of a cliff because of my random button and stick pushing. So, um, but it, it placed me correctly and allowed me to continue. So, yeah. And I think that has to be a load time thing. Like you're literally just like some of the faster load times. It's like, I think the game almost did almost doesn't like catch up to itself. Like it, like it's going faster than it thinks it should be going. I wonder if the new Xbox would be any better. I think it would be actually, because my Xbox actually has gotten to the point where it's like sometimes it doesn't want to accept discs right away if it doesn't have like the latest update. Like it, it was kind of mad at me when I tried to throw Mass Effect in, and I was like, "Why?" He's it's like the disc might be scratched. I'm like, "The disc is brand new. It's not." <laughs> and then as soon as I updated the Xbox, I was able to put it in fine. But I noticed my Xbox is getting a little glitchy, which is kind of upsetting because it's real sad. Like well, it would be nice if the new ones were available. Yeah, you can't find you cannot go into any Best Buy or GameStop or Target. They're or, not even selling them in Best Buy anymore. You no, have to go on. You Best have to Buy go online. on Best Buy's website because yeah. people are buying the. Sh- I want a PS Five, but I'm not going to get one anytime soon. <laughs> I, I I just want the new Xbox, but I'm. And I'm not in a hurry because yeah, this one's fine. I, I'm not. I'm not say upset. When, when it finally loads a game, my Xbox works fine. But the other thing too is, um, I was looking at the new fifteen hundred dollar builds on. Uh, it's like every year they come out with another. Hey, build uh, the fastest computer for fifteen hundred dollars, and I always geek out on that stuff. Yeah. So I, I look at these builds. I'm like, hey, you know what? I ought to do is just update my video card. Because that was the part where, in order for my last fifteen hundred dollar build, I had to kind of uh, take a compromise. Not, I mean, it's still a good video Those card. Say your graphics are great. It is, but uh, I would like a better one. Yeah, you can't find video cards. No, they're out of stock everywhere. At least around here, I don't know where it's like where you live, but we can't find video cards anywhere. Yeah. So um, anyway, but that's. Uh, yeah, so, and I had a couple other little glitchy things like that. It was usually, if I walked around sometimes, like, my bot, like my body would, like, 
wouldn't turn around like when I panned the camera and then I would like walk backwards awkwardly. Usually to stop that, I could just like go into the equipment menu and switch a few things around and then go back and then I'd be fine. Hmm. But I, I had a lot of little glitchy moments like and that. I didn't have that. So I wonder if it is the, the Xbox. It might be the Xbox. So full disclosure, if you have an older Xbox, you may get a few more glitches than might normally be present. The, okay, so let's talk about combat for a minute. The one thing that I was really hoping that they did for combat, they didn't do, and that was uh, the uh, hit your A button to take cover. Yeah, I knew they weren't going to, You though. still had to push up against the wall to, to take cover. I think it was a little more, uh, a little easier to do. It was. So instead was. of having to kind of figure out how, what angle to come in at, it just kind of accepted things more easily, I think. Yeah, if you walked up to something, you didn't have to, like, press hard into the wall. It's like, here, I'm actually running into this wall for three seconds before I take cover. Yeah, but, so it was better. Yeah. The part that they did change that I loved, though, was, of course, using sniper rifles. In the first iteration of the game, if your sniper rifle skill was low, yeah, your your scope constantly wandered. Yeah. Until you got a really high level where it was rock solid. Yeah. This one, it was always rock solid. Yeah, and that was the same thing with any gun, but, but the sniper rifles were the worst. But the higher your skill got, the quicker you recovered you, from the shot. Yes, So yes. you would take your shot, and it would kind of wander finally and get back into place. Yeah. That made sense. Yeah. But it wasn't just constantly wandering. Yeah, so, so. yeah, that was definitely better. And something I actually also really appreciated about the... So, um... My biggest gripe, aside from what you mentioned, because, and that's always something I was like, isn't Shepard supposed to be a master at this? Why is she having so much trouble, like, with the sniper rifle? It's Mm -hmm. so dumb. So they figured it out. I was glad about that. But uh, one thing I really miss in Mass Effect 1 that you can do in 2 and 3 is being able to toggle your powers to specific buttons. Yeah. And you can only do that with one power, I discovered. You can only map one to the RB button. Uh, and I did that with my barrier, but I was really, really hoping they would do the thing where you could have one power toggled to Y, one power toggled to your left bumper, one power toggled to your right bumper, and they didn't do that. I mean, they they still had dedic- the buttons were dedicated, so like X was your grenade, yeah. and Y was your um, omni gel. Yeah. So but, yeah, or your medi gel. Sorry, medi gel. Yeah. yeah. You you couldn't you couldn't swap them though to no. make it more convenient for no. however you liked it. Yeah. So. I, I was a little sad about that, but I was like, you know what? I get it. It was one of those things like the cover. I knew they weren't really going to change. It was they were just going to make it easier on you. Yeah, uh, I I wish the cover had changed, but even so, I thought combat was far and away better. Yeah, it was than... just easier to get around. So let's talk about the other aspect that, um, I, and I first noticed this. Well, I won't say I first noticed that. I, I noticed it the most when I went after the Thorian. And that is the, so on this one, you're not leveling. You don't go to level two, level three, level four in your combat skills. You are behind the scenes, but you don't see it on your, on your character sheet. Yeah. And then, um, but so that's one kind of leveling. The other one I want to talk about is your enemy leveling. And that in, in some games, what that means is, if you do things and instead of A, B, C order, maybe you go to A, C, B. Well, by the time you hit B, the enemies in there are tougher because you are higher level, so the enemies are higher level. That wasn't the case in Mass Effect 
what they did with the enemy leveling was making more or fewer of, in this case, the Thorian creepers. Yes. And I had a slew. That's oh, I did too. Of Thorian creepers. Because by that point, because early on in the game, it's way easier to get levels. And uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure we, especially you and I, go through like the main missions the same way. We always do. We get Liara first, and then we go to Ferris, and then we go to Novaria. Right. That's I play that way almost constantly now. And usually I do side missions right after I get Liara. I start doing side missions after Ferris because you get a bunch there. Um, yeah, there's, but I I do the, all the side missions I can right after I get Liara. Then after I do Pharos, I do as many as I, I can. I usually after do that. crew like the crew missions if I can do like tallies and rexes and garrises by then. Usually I'll do those before I go to Pharos, but everything else I wait until after Pharos to start doing. Uh, or unless I can do it like on the Citadel while I'm there. But anyway, I would I did notice that um, as I as I got tougher. I'm like, I don't remember this many of these creepers coming after yeah, me. And, no. you know, when yeah, Pharos was that, or like if you went to places that had a bunch of like drones, they would give you a shit ton of drones yeah. to fight. Yeah, dr- so, drones are rough. So uh, let's talk for a second about the Mako. Yeah. Um, th- so it has the boost now, the forward boost. Yeah. And, uh, instead that of just- wasn't like, if anyone wants to chime in and say that was always there, first off, I don't believe you. But second off, please send video proof because. <laughs> I, I didn't know left bumper did anything for the Mako before. I don't think it well, did. Well, in fairness, we didn't know that the right bumper hit the, yeah. made the cannon oh, either God, for we a long time. We were so dumb. <laughs> we're just like, oh, this giant thing with this obvious cannon only has a machine gun. But, you know, it, we were dumb. We literally, literally the first, I think we played through Mass Effect 3. Like, we'd been playing Mass Effect for four years, and we did not know. I, I, I would buy that. I, yeah. I bet it was not until after our first playthrough of three. Pay, I, I found three. it by accident. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I was playing your game because you had me take over to kill a bunch of geth for you while you were on the phone. <laughs> and I got into a Mako and I blew up a bunch of geth by accident. Well, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, we looked like real dumbasses after that. But yeah, that's what I say. You got it. We figured it out. If you read the instructions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I used to be very bad at driving the Mako. What's so your, everybody yeah. gave the Mako crap. I actually didn't mind it even before they made the changes to it. The The Mako that they made for Andromeda was fun when you were just, you know, cruising around in it. Yeah. But um, I, I like the original Mako fine. I will say that um, the Firewalker missions where you got the, the uh, hammerhead, the hammerhead that was a cool craft. Yeah. Also, I just didn't care for the Firewalker missions that much. Yeah, I, I know they. I really wish they'd implemented the Hammerhead better. Or you know what? I remember playing through this game. I'm like, wow, look at all these dumb cliffs that the Hammerhead could get up in two seconds, <laughs> yeah, and I have it. to drive <laughs> up them with this tank that won't even like. Sometimes the boosters, it'll be like, help! It won't even go anywhere. It's so sad. Uh, it's like Hammerhead could jump over there in two seconds. You but bitch. the Mako was improved, I thought. Um, yeah, not significantly. It's yeah. still, it was very samey. But yeah. um, uh, it seemed like it would, um, and maybe I'm just not remembering that well. But it seemed like if you hit a, an obstruction, it would kind of try it and flip over easier, or kind of. It was it was more. a little more sensitive than yeah. it used to be, I think. And I I also wonder, especially with like I mentioned some of the loading issues I had with it, 
Um, I wonder, because I actually, I did get to the point where sometimes after I would stop the Mako, I wouldn't get out immediately. I'd let it sit for a second and catch up and see if that was the issue. And usually if I did that, actually, it didn't have any issues after I got out of the Mako. So I, I always wondered if the oversensitivity sometimes the Mako had, like if I stopped immediately and then got out, I wondered if that was kind of throwing it off a little. Um, I don't know, because I, I made some skidding stops. Yeah. I mean, to where I, my guys I, got I, out right I before. I agree that it was probably my Xbox's fault, but I wonder if that was part, like, just the loading time and needed another second to, like, catch up with itself. So I think I did a, a lot of the side missions. I certainly can't say I did them all, but uh, I did I did a bunch. I think the the ones that were on my list to do that weren't completed when I finished one were just the gathering ones for, like, the heavy metals and Turian insignias. Tell you what I'm really salty about, though. You actually did a couple... Like, I watched you do a couple missions that I actually never found. And what's infuriating about that is that you can technically find all these missions if you go to the systems they're supposed to... Like, if you're just exploring around it, like, if you really want to find all those medals, you can find those missions sometimes by accident, even if you didn't come across them. But I didn't do Mm -hmm. that. So you actually did a couple missions. I actually missed a Cerberus mission. Not the one with Kahoku, but the one with, like, the dude named Tombs. Do you remember him? Did yep. you- mm-hmm. I didn't get that mission. I, w- I-, I was like, where is it? Where's Tombs at? I think you had to find his thing on Novaria, and I think I missed it. I must have just passed over it. But, uh, yeah, so stuff like that, I was really... I, o- I think I only... Aside from the gathering missions, which of which I think I... I didn't get all the medals, I didn't get all the Turian insignias, and I didn't get all the Solarian stuff. You got all the Prothean app. I got all the data discs and I got all the Osari stuff. But uh, I was so close on all those. And if I'd gotten, like, if I'd gotten the Tombs mission, if I'd gotten, like, the pirate mission where you got stuck in the cave with the bomb with, like, three things, if I'd done that. (laughs) And that was, that, is that new or was that always there? I think that's just one we've never done. Okay, so what, what happened was, I, I had done the mission before, but I, well, I don't remember. So you basically get in, trapped in a, someone tricks you into going into this cave and there's a bomb and you have to disarm it. Well, I did. And then I died. I'm like, what the hell? And then, <laughs> and then of course you came in and said, yeah. Oh wait, there's more. Yeah. The two, bomb had three different things you had to disarm. Yeah, so two seconds after one. I walked into the room, <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't... I I probably have done that mission before with as many times as we've played it. Yeah, I know you have. But it's been so long since I've done it that I... don't I, remember there that being I, I didn't rem, I didn't remember much about it. But it makes me salty that I missed that because I was, like, really close on all those collection missions. Like, I had, like, two of each kind of metal left to get. I had all the gases. I had two um, Solarian things left to get, and I had two Turian things left to get. So if I'd done those... I probably would have completed at least one of those things, and I would have been a little closer to completion. Did you get your badge for uh, completing most of the game? I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it's like, have you completed 75% of the game? Technically, yeah. Yeah, I got that. Um, okay, so let's take a couple minutes and talk. Is there anything else on one you want to talk about? Uh, I. Or do you want to talk about the beginning of two? Oh, one thing I do want to mention. I just have a small pet peeve with this. Uh, mm-hmm. I have known the code for the mining laser on Therum ba- front and back since <laughs> I was... This is when we're going to get Liara. Yeah, this is when you're going to get Liara. You're on Therum, you're going to... She's like, I don't know how you're going to get in here, and then you just conveniently find a mining laser. It's like, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, you know, mining place. Ha, ha, ha. 
in this giant ruin. Don't mind us. It might cause a seismic activity. It's fine. So there's a mining laser. I have known the code back and forth for that since I was nine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's AXBY. And dad got there before I did. He was on Theron before I was. I was like, oh, I know the code. It's AXBY. Now you guys know it's AXBY. But it's not. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. It's <laughs> AXBYX. And I have never felt more li- I'm like, what, what's after this? What do you mean? I've no- I've hit that code in less than a second for the past however many years I've been playing this game. I was so salty. And, and it, now it's like concentric circles. Yeah, too. yeah. Instead so of just instead like of this little display square, it's like, it's like, oh, you've got to. And it, it's like that for a couple things, not with everything, but uh, like there's a AI you find on the Citadel. He's got a similar like circle thing where it's like if you hit the right thing, it gets closer to the center. And after you hit the center one, it will destroy the AI. Same thing with the mining laser. So they just added a fifth one in there for no reason. It's fine. For people like you that have known the code for, since. Yeah, since I've known the code since I was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, I see you, Bioware. I see you trying to make me look stupid. I so, see you. Um, so my overall, um, my overall score of the revision of Mass Effect, uh, are we doing five or ten? Uh, let's do ten. Because uh, Jell Apocalypse. Yeah, Jell Apocalypse. Um, I'm giving it an eight. I really enjoyed it. And I think that they cleaned up a lot of the things in the first game that, um, kind of, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. The game is incredible anyway, but, yeah. um, some of the things that just kind of took away from it, I think that they really did a good job cleaning it up. Yeah. I'm also going to give it an eight. I would have given it a nine if not for all the glitchiness I experienced. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. But yeah, a solid eight. It's the same. It's literally the exact same game, just with better graphics and a better combat system. Yep. You're you're not going to be disappointed if you like the first game. Um. Okay. So, um, beginning of Mass Effect Two. Before we yeah. get into yeah. Before we get into any of that. So again, we're we're very very young into the second. I am an hour in. Yeah. Uh, we have finished the first mission with. So, uh, this is this is what uh, I noticed. So um, it imported my shepherd f- the as far as physically just fine with one exception. I had a scar under one of my eyes. It's not yeah. there. My scar is not there either. But I figured out why. It's because, because your face being c- cracked c- and everything. No, it's not. It's well, yeah. I mean the face. It's but it's because they rebuilt your whole skin. You don't have all your scars anymore. Your oh, old scars. Because so I thought that was away. There you I go. thought that was a glitch too. And then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, so they have the scars from what they did, but they completely you had no skin when they found you. So they completely reconstructed any scars that your old shepherd had, whether face, body, whatever, even the ones you can't see, they're not there anymore. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. No. <laughs> but but I actually I did I was like where because I had a big scar, like mine was all the way across my face. I just had a little one under one of my eyes. And I was like, it's not there. And then I realized, I was like, oh, you had no skin. They couldn't give your scars back. So, Bioware, I see you. I understand why you did it, but also I want my scar back. <laughs> so, I, so, this is what I'm going to... Uh, so, at some point in Mass Effect 2, no matter if you're playing Paragon or Renegade, like so Renegade, your scars get worse and worse and worse, but you can do the medical procedure on the Normandy to make your scars completely go away. Once I have that done, I want to see if my original scar comes back. Yeah, that'd be cool. So we'll see. Probably not. Let's Probably be, not. let's be clear. But no, I I 
because I literally had to think about that. I'm like, my scar was huge. You can't miss it. Where is it? Where did it go? I literally turned my face around like five times. I was yeah, like, I where's my, my scar? I don't see it. And then I was like, oh no, they literally can't give your scars back when they rebuild you. So, um, okay. So, um, go ahead. Start talking about the, oh game. my God, guys. Um, so the first big thing I noticed is when Caden or Liara or Ashley, whoever you were closest with in the first game, is running to get you through the Burning Normandy. Did you hear that fire? Yes. Oh my god, it was wonderful. Like, that fire was roar. You never heard, like, you heard the, like, the explosions, and, but that fire, you could, it was like it was right there. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, they really went to that much effort. Yeah, I was like, Shepard, you need to get that a fire extinguisher. Yeah. <laughs> And you hear, you heard like things falling on the floor behind you. Like if Shepard dropped anything, you heard it, it on the floor. It sounded much more chaotic. Yeah, it, like you had the explosions before, but like it really sounded like Caden. Uh, mine was Caden. Was, was like Sarah. was like fighting to get to me. Like he was having some trouble, and like we were we were dropping things. Like it was a mess, and I loved it. I was like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, I like the beginning of Mass Effect Two already makes me feel a lot of things, but uh, that was hardcore. I appreciated that a lot. So after after the Normandy's destroyed and Shepard goes down on the planet, um, the comic book kicks in, and you can choose to not have it. Right? In. Did you go through it? Yeah, I too. I went through it. I did too. And um, it so as an add on to the original Mass Effect 2. Um, it was a little spotty, I thought, but now it's just integrated in and it and it performed, I thought, flawlessly. Yeah, it went fine. Um, it, it's Let me be clear, it's not necessary. It's literally, no. it's a recap of the first game you probably literally you, just played. You just finished the first game and now here's a recap. Yeah, this is assuming you didn't take a break. Yeah. Um, so if you just finished it, honestly, you probably don't need it. But it's, I don't hate it. It's fine. And it, what it last? Three it, minutes? Yeah, it, minutes. It, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't take very long at all. But uh, if you don't want to deal with a recap, you don't need it. Um, I enjoyed how you could, you could see in the comic book where you did not make canon decisions. Yeah. Because they kind of led you towards, uh, you know, the council, da-da-da-da-da. Oh, but you saved them. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it was like it was like it was it was leaning towards the council was going to die, and then you went off. And then cannon. I saved. Yeah, him. so uh, it's funny because it's, it's almost like foreshadowing what's going to happen, and then oh well, you didn't make the canon oh, decision, well, so we got to backtrack on that. So, but it, I thought it was good. Yeah, so. no, I liked it fine. Um, another, um, so we've played through the mission on. The station, yep. like when you first wake up after you've been dead for two years, and we've played through Freedom's Progress. Uh, the main thing, actually, this is a smaller thing, and again, this um, right before we even start that, um, in the first battle is when I really noticed it because I was like, "This will be fine. It's the first battle." But normally, especially you and I have played the original Mass Effect series, like we said, a bunch. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if this was because, like, we got this option because we'd played so many times, but at the beginning of two, we always had an option. It's like, your, like, accommodation, like, uh, your achievements have granted you access to these special powers. Please choose oh, one. Yeah, yeah. And you and I always picked some, because you're an infiltrator and I'm a vanguard. 
and those don't come with immediate like barrier options like to keep your shields up. So I would always pick barrier, and you would always pick the guest the shield guest shields. Shield. Yep. That's not there anymore. Yeah. So I don't have a barrier option going in. So it's going to be interesting when I go through to play my male shepherd yeah, if to, it's going to give if, that to If me. it's going to give. So we Since don't know if it. you have to play through the series once to do that or not. So we'll keep you posted maybe Yeah. because I want my barrier back. I'm kind of salty that it's not there. Yeah, I like having the geth shield because it basically gives me double shields. Yeah, and I don't even need it to be like... Uh, on me because I'm a bio like I'm already like I get my barrier back so quick anyway because I biotic charge everything but it's one of those things where it's like if I'm shooting from a decent range and I get hit I don't have a barrier to put back up I have to just hide so that's kind of rough especially since I had a barrier in one and I'm kind of salty that I don't in two for unknown reasons it's like get rid of pull I want a barrier <laughs> I don't I- so in the combat um, so the uh, using a to take cover. I fell into that immediately. Immediately. Yeah. It took me... So easy. Not even a set. Like, I didn't even think... Like, I, I've almost half kind of been doing it in one because I was... But I didn't, but I kind of almost got used to it. And as soon as I could do it again, I was just like, oh, let's vault over this thing. I'm fine. So, and and popping from cover when you hit oh, your yeah. aim is so much oh, more so, smooth. So and, much smoother. So even even though Mass Effect, the, the, the remake on the first game was much improved yeah. for combat. Popping out of cover was not better. Yeah. And, it was the exact same. And But the uh, Mass Effect 2, it's just... Mass Effect 2, it's so Yeah. Um, the loading times are faster than that, too, so yes, far. Yes, they are. They are much faster. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to wait worth the shit. So, um, what else? Anything about the... Uh, so, the opening speech, that when Miranda and the Elusive Man are talking, is different. Oh, yeah, that's right. I am not sure. It's it's still a good, like, intro, it's a, still a great introduction to the game, but um, in the original versions, not the, not the legendary versions, that opening speech that Miranda gives is tailored to the choices you made, and now they keep it uber generic. Yeah. And also... Um, like, spe- like Shepard did everything right. Well, what did I do right? Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> and uh, also, the Elusive Man... Uh, that line, uh, we're at war, nobody wants to admit it, but humanity is under attack. He doesn't say that in the opening monologue before. He says it to Shepard, right. and he doesn't say it to Shepard now. He says it in that opening monologue instead. I don't know why they changed that. I'm not sure. I I, won- I don't know if they thought that something about that dialogue was too clunky when you said it to Shepard. I don't think it was, but... Um, I, it's just, I just, it's just one of those things I noticed because I've played two so many times. Maybe if you haven't played it in a while, you won't even notice. But I certainly did. I that was, I was like, what's happening right now, Miranda? You're leaving out all my accomplishments. What's going on? Like, I want, I want the good stuff. Now I don't know if this has anything to do with enemy leveling or uh, if it's just because I was used to what I think was more difficult combat in Mass Effect One. Yeah. But when I went on the mission where I saw Tally, yeah, um, I you have to fight a um, oh, a, a mech, yeah, and uh, it's pretty difficult, and I had absolutely no trouble with it at all, and I almost always have had difficulty with it in my other playthroughs of Mass Effect Two. So um, that that fight, I'll be real with you, it really depends on what class you play. 
And if you've always played as an infiltrate, so maybe they made yours, but like I was pretty samey. Uh, and that was one of, um, honestly, I always have more trouble with, especially without my barrier now, uh, the lots of enemies I have been, re- oh, here's the thing I didn't talk about at all. Um, you don't use biotics cause you're an infiltrator. Right. I used my biotics way more, both in mass effect one and now, cause especially now that I don't have a barrier, I have to keep people away from me. Uh. Uh, I can biotic charge close, but then I have to be able to get back and shoot them. But I've been, even so far in the second game, I've done, what, two missions with these people? I've been relying on Jacob and Miranda's biotics almost exclusively more already. So I think that squad member powers... Oh, that's a thing we didn't talk about for one either. Which squad members did you use most in Mass Effect 1? Like, how did you use their powers and stuff? Um, I, I always take, uh, I always, always take Tally because yeah, I ta- have to open stuff. Yeah, because we're not engineers. We she don't. is the opener of things. Yeah, so I take Tally, but... Uh, and then um, most of the missions I took Garrus. I took, um, but like, every time I went to the Citadel, I would make a habit of taking two completely not tally Garrus members so I could upgrade their their abilities and everything. And then sometimes I would even go on and off the Normandy so I could have everybody upgraded by the time I left the Citadel again. Yeah, so that's where you and I differ because, uh, again, you don't use biotics that often, so your squad mates don't even use biotics that often. Right. Uh, I am the exact opposite. I also use tally for every mission because I can't open things worth a shit. And... Um, I switch out between Garrus and Liara, and I always upgrade all their first aid because if I don't take a squad mate with first aid, I'm screwed. Yeah, Garrus always takes my first aid. Garrus, and then I gave it to Liara too because she can also do it. But Liara's biotics... Um, really, really useful, especially yeah. the Singularity. Singularity's good. And singular, uh, for those of you who haven't played 3 yet, Singularity is fantastic in 3 too, especially if you're fighting Cerberus because yeah. they've got a bunch of troopers in one area. She just lifts them up and makes them look like children. So, um, so when um, I, I did have Liara with me on a couple of missions, and the Singularity was really good. Yeah. Uh, so, but I used especially again like the Geth destroyers when they're running towards you. I would throw one, and then if another one was there, I'd have Liara lift the other one up and just take out all the other little drones, and they'd just be floating there, and then I'd kill them, and it was fine. But uh, I, in the second game, I've also been relying on biotics way, way more. After I upgraded my rifle, I could one shot a Geth destroyer. Yeah. Not the red ones. The, red, not the juggernauts. Red ones took two shots. Yeah, juggernauts take two shots. Uh, but but I could one-shot the regular ones. Yeah. Uh, but I think that I'm not I th- I'm not sure if it's something I necessarily like more, but it definitely makes gameplay a lot more like the combat you said in like it was more challenging like enemy-wise cuz they would add more. Mm-hmm. So they are trying to make combat almost more immersive like you almost have to use more of your powers and I like that. Yeah. That's because good. it's like, oh yeah, it's like I I did definitely heavily rely on this one thing, but now that I'm not able to have it, I have to deal with my teammates a little more. It's like, hey, use overload on this, use your warp on this, use your pull, like lift this guy up so he doesn't hit me and take down my shields immediately. Like I like that they're trying to go for that, if that's the case. So, so. what are you looking most forward to in Mass Effect 2? Well, right now, I'm so excited to do Garrus's recruitment mission. That's been one of my favorite Mass Effect 2 missions always anyway, so I am so looking forward to that. Not, like, not just because I'm romancing Garrus, but I also like, just because well, it's good. Garrus is just a good all-around character, and his loyalty mission, and his... Yeah. Uh, his uh, 
recruitment mission yeah. are both good. Yeah. Um, but um, I got to say right now, uh, what I'm looking forward to is getting that Widow sniper rifle. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> I, I don't even need, I love the Widow. Whenever I play a class that can use a sniper rifle, I, I shoot people with that thing all the time. That's a great gun. So the Black Widow in Mass Effect 3 is just no substitute. The, yeah, the I actually Widow. found that I ended. I started taking the Black Widow with me in my last three playthrough because it was one of those guns like the Vindicator Battle Rifle. We shit on the Vindicator all the time. It's like, upgrades the Avenger Sniper Rifle, but we never used it right. We're just like, oh, you can't like hold it down and like rapid fire it, but no, no, no. If you learn how to use that gun, it will kill people. Yeah. It was, it's so good. Yeah, if you can feather the trigger, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a good gun. We're just dumb. <laughs> it's the same thing with the Mako. We're just like, this is dumb. So, But we kind of had the same thing with the Matok, and the Matok um, I, I used all the time. I, I, was I, a used, great rifle. I use the Matok almost exclusively if I get it. Um, I like it better than the Harrier, hot take. Yeah, I do too. But um, It hits a lot harder. It hits a lot harder. But that's less of a feathering and more of a chunk. Yeah. Chunk, chunk, fet, like fet, like you gotta like you gotta like you gotta time that. So uh, Matt talks less about that and more about like yeah. can you? It's full on semi-automatic. Yeah. So. Um. Okay. Yeah. So. so yeah, I've been relying on biotics more. So again, combat's a little more immersive so far into. Um. Anything else that we want to talk about for now? Um, I don't think I had anything else. So let's, let's do this again after we finish two and then we'll do it again after we finish three. We'll probably finish two quicker than we finish one because we know all the little tricks in two. I know where every enemy's going to be. I, oh, by the way, here's a tip for all you guys. When you're on Omega and you're about to go get Morden, you're going down the stairs like that before you meet any Blue Suns troopers, go down real slow. You can snipe them from the top of the stairs and you can can hit them both before (laughs) either of them see you. There you go. Hot take from <laughs> Prologue. <laughs> all right. Is that it? That's all I have. We'll uh, do this again after we finish, too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, always uh, good to sit down with you and geek out about stuff that we both enjoy. Yeah. Uh, this is this is Mass Effect Month on Blizz <laughs> Pastus Prologue. <laughs> Sorry we talked about these games already. You're going to listen to us talk about them a lot more. Well, this is uh, this is exciting because uh, all the new content and everything. So. Yep. Alright, well, uh, until next time, I'm the Past. And I'm the Prologue. And we will talk to you later. See you next time. <laughs>